This episode of the Fire and Water Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with reshipping for orders of $50 or more. Uh, for this episode, which is all about Migos, I decided to pick two books related to licenses that Migo had. First of all, is of course, The World's Greatest Superheroes, featuring Aquaman, which is what we're going to be talking about in a few moments. So one of the books I'm picking is Aquaman Trade Paperback, Volume 2, To Serve and Protect. That is part of the Sub Diego storyline, the great, great Sub Diego storyline by John Arcudi, Patrick Gleason, and Christian Alamy. The page count is 168. The normal price is $16.99. In stock trades price is $9.34. That is 45% off. And this particular volume reprints Aquaman's 23 through 29. That is a really, really great uh, storyline. The Sub Diego stuff was just terrific. And so pick that up Aquaman Volume 2 to serve and protect. And the other book I want to mention, again, is another license that Mego had, which is Tarzan. I had the Tarzan doll. I loved it. It was really, I love playing him with all, him with all the other uh, DC Marvel superheroes. And for Insect Trades, they have the Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan Complete Joe Kubert Omnibus Trade Paperback. This huge archival collection featuring several Tarzan essays and original page layouts by Joe Kubert, along with collaborations with Russ Heath and Frank Thorne, is a must-have for fans of timeless adventure tales and Kubert's undeniable intensity and skill. This reprints issues 207 through 235 of Kubert's 1970s Tarzan run from DC, every issue that he wrote and drew. Page count, 616 pages, full color. The normal price is $29.99, but in-stock trades price has it for only $14.99. You save 50%. You see the cover of Tarzan in a pitched battle, and there's chimps flying around in the background. It's a really great collection. The Tarzan comics that, that DC did in the 70s by Kubert are just terrific, and what a what a really cool book. So you can pick both of these uh, titles up at InStock Trades. This is just two of the many deals you can find at InStockTrades.com right now. So for these and all your other trade paperwork needs, please visit InStockTrades.com, and we thank them for their support. of Aquaman and Firestorm, the Fire and Water Podcast, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rob Kelly. And if you're listening to this episode on the day that it drops, you were listening to it on Christmas Day. Uh, so we figured the perfect time it would be the perfect time to talk about one of my favorite subjects, and that is Mego Toys, because I spent a lot of time, a lot of Christmases, opening up some really cool Mego Toys for Christmas. And I want to talk about specifically Aquaman Mego Toys. And we have two guests this time to join to join me to talk about Mego Toys. First of all, it's our pal Chris Franklin. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? Uh, returning to the show after almost a hundred episodes since the last time <laughs> of your previous appearance is the well-rested Mego expert, Brian Heiler from Pod Stallions and Plaid Stallions. Hello, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Oh, I'm very excited. We're really, I'm, I was so excited to talk about this because I love talking about Migos. I loved the first episode that we did when we talked about them. And that conversation was more about Migos in general. As I said, this one is going to be specifically about Aquaman Migos because I want to rap, I want to sort of reestablish Aquaman's reputation a little bit because, of course, I think he's sort of thought of as like in the, in the annals of toydom as like a peg warmer. Uh, well, but but he but he was in every iteration of the Mego action figure line. He he was, and um, first of all, a hundred episodes. Either it's been a either it's been a long time, or you're really really industrious. Uh, <laughs> like, a little little from column A, a little from column yeah, B. Yeah. Um, two. Yeah. You know, I I think I wanted to compliment you because I remember when you started the Aquaman Shrine, and and the world was just on the 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 throes of the Dave Chappelle. <laughs> um, joke jokes about him, you know, and, and look at the world now we live in. Movie star. You know? I've run it. I ran into Aquaman three times today, Christmas shopping. So that's that's on you, man. <laughs> well. I'll, yeah, I'll take all the credit for that. Thank you. <laughs> you were flying the flag, man. You yeah. were. You were the. You were the guy. Yeah, I, I liked Aquaman before it was popular. It's true. So yeah, well, I'll take whatever little credit I deserve. But uh, but but yeah. But anyway, yes. I mean, Aquaman was part of, of course, the first four Mego dolls: Superman, yeah, it, Superman, Batman, it, Robin, and Aquaman. And that that is absolutely uh, correlated to the filmation shows being in syndication. Right now, that's you know most people think it's because of Super Friends, but of course the Mego line predates the Super Friends, right? Cause just the, just barely, but right. yes. And okay. um, you know, a lot of people seem to think that there was some kind of collusion between um, Mego <laughs> that sounds, sounds and. So ominous. But it was yeah, but it wasn't. There really wasn't a lot of that going on. Um, and what was going on at the time was there was a rerun show called the world's greatest superheroes and and the shows they played were of course the filmation batman uh superman aquaman show as well as the lone ranger cartoon do you remember the lone ranger cartoon from the 60s i don't remember that it's it's really cool you should look it up it, it like just just for curiosity's sake because the animation style is really interesting and if you look at it even in like 74 migo even licensed the lone ranger for the uh the, the super softies so that's they were right. really. Oh, that's right. Were, I've seen pictures of that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and um, so they were really. That was really the starting point, and I, I'm sure the Marvel cartoons were played during that period as well. But um, yeah, I mean, the first launch of the of the world's greatest superheroes included Aquaman. Now, although he was very, very light in the case. Right now, is that? I mean, is the from what I read that he was never a big seller. Is that well, true? I mean, partly, I guess, if you only have two in a case, he, how well can he sell? Well, that's the thing. I mean, um, I have, I do have in my collection a set of the solid boxes, and everybody thinks that Robin is the rarest of them. And I think he is only because he's easily wrecked, you know, <laughs> losing that mask. and the, um, But Aquaman was only, I believe, two per case. At that time, mm. like I think there were like eight Robins or six Robins or something <laughs> like that. So, um, you know, Aquaman's actually the rarest of the solid boxes. My goodness! Now, Chris, did you have Aquaman? The Amigo Aquaman? No, I was. Um, I came in on the tail end of of Mego, and the only Mego eight inch figures I had were Superman, Batman, Robin, uh, Spider Man, Captain America, and the Hulk. So it's like the, the 1980 assortment, right? Yeah, and I and I know I had them before that, but th- apparently those were the ones that were packed heavily in cases even before they started eliminating uh, characters. Because you know, Mego eliminated characters as they went, but they left the the drawings of the characters on the back to which drove you crazy. Yes, yeah, so the Aquaman in his Flash running pose on the back <laughs> of the Mego packaging taunted me for years i mean it's like (laughs) where's aquaman you know and i would see the old ads and like uh, you know i'd pick up a a comic at the flea market from just a few years ago but there'd be those heroes world ads of course and they would show all the i remember a christmas ad in particular where some of the characters were sticking out of stockings and of course they were drawings of the the figures but aquaman was there and green arrow and i'm like oh god why, why did i never see these in the store and i never did so 
it was years and years later I got an Aquaman. Yeah, I was looking through old Mego commercials to run for this episode, and there's only one commercial that even features Aquaman at all, and that's that that one big commercial that has like all the characters. Yeah, right. that's um, that's like a Toy Fair reel. Right, right, right. Because yeah, it's like two minutes, so it's like it's obviously not a meant for meant for TV airing. And they just say Aquaman, the Aqua underwater superhero, and then they move right on to talking about how Falcon is the black superhero and whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, Aqu- Aquaman really did not get a lot of you know marketing push, unfortunately. But you know, yeah, I, I got to confess that um, I, I probably only saw Aquaman at retail about three times. Wow. And every time I did see him, I also saw, like, Green Arrow, Shazam, Iron Man, and somebody else always won out. Like, I, when I would see those characters, I would go, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, I would panic because, you know, usually all I ran into was Batman, Robin, Superman, Hulk. You know, uh, to, to see an assortment like that was rare. And um, Aquaman always lost. So I never actually had Amigo Aquaman as a kid. Oh my! Oh, I know. Breaking my heart. I know. Uh, I know. Now, I mean, it, and, uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Migo if there wasn't some weird little detail that they decided to add. And in this case, I'm talking about the pointed ears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aquaman is rocking his fock head. Basically. Well, now there, there's been a breakthrough on breakthrough in. Um, we actually know the name of the man who sculpted those. Mm. And I'm gonna probably murder this name, but it's Gene Salamancha. Salamanca, and he just because recently Heritage Auctions has been um, selling his proto like his prototype head sculpts. Wow! So we've seen like uh, I believe an early Shazam, an early Robin. He he sculpted the Bend and Flex, which I know we're going to get into. Um, so we now know who sculpted them, and you know I don't know if it was bad reference material or or what, but yeah, he's, Aquaman's got pointed ears. <laughs> And Migo never sought to correct this. <laughs> <laughs> you think that was a Namor influence? I mean, because Namor obviously has pointed ears. Were they getting their underwater heroes mixed up? You know, I got to wonder. Um, I don't know, because he would have been given reference material from um, from LCA. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I would assume that maybe they just... My only thought was maybe they gave him a point of reference of Aquaman. Like, I don't think DC or Marvel was particularly organized with licensing up until the, like the early 1980s, you know, where the right. style guides existed or anything like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, my feeling is they may have given him, uh, you know, the, the sculptor, some piece of artwork by who knows Infantino or, or somebody that kind of gave that opinion that he had pointed ears, you know, <laughs> Or, yeah, yeah, you know, maybe the guy watched a few Submariner cartoons once and it seeped into his subconscious. <laughs> yeah. Now, was Stan, Stan Weston was involved in both the Captain Action line and the the World's Greatest Superheroes line for Mego, right? That's correct. Actually, Stan Weston also had a little thing to do with uh, G.I. Joe. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was the papa of all that. Now, the, the famous... The story that Marty Abrams has told is that um, he he brought a Charlie Chan Migo, you know, like, look, you can do this. And, and of course, you know, they just went right for superheroes instead of the, the amazing popularity of Charlie Chan in 1973. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the other one. <laughs> yeah. Those would be cheap to buy now. Um, so, yeah. And, and of course, you know, that he. Being uh, a child of the 50s, he knew Batman, Robin, Superman, those characters. And, of course, uh, he had to be – Marty Abrams uh, famously had to be brought up to speed on the Marvel characters by his, by his son, Ken. Hmm. Mm. I, I love the idea that you know there was a time that DC Comics just didn't think about the merchandising potential of their characters. <laughs> it seems so well, innocent. You know, It's just like, oh, well, well, we can sell toys of these? Oh, that's amazing. I didn't, we didn't what's, what's even more mind-blowing, and this, the, you know, Neil Cublin told me this, and I believe I've heard it from Marty Abrams, too, is there was also this belief that superhero action figures don't sell because of Captain Action. Right. Because, you know, mm. they, oh, that was a bomb. And it's like, oh, yeah, we'll never try again. You know? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> 
Well, it's know. interesting with Cap- Captain Action because if you think about it, the the the, the character, the DC characters that they featured were all uh, Superman, Batman, Aquaman related in Captain Action. And then you turn around, and that's who starts the Mego line too. So that's, oh, yeah, I've always thought that's kind of yeah, that's kind of interesting correlation there. Yeah, well, again, Aquaman was on TV at the time, and it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and in fact, we like we growing up. I saw Aquaman up until I was fourteen on TV. So that <laughs> yeah. he had a he had a long Saturday morning exposure. Yeah, we're right from filmation to Super Friends. All the way through, so yeah, yeah. I mean, he. I mean, again, for we, you know, I was joking about that he repetition as a peg warmer, but nevertheless, he's in every iteration of Migo in terms of uh, there were uh, the solid front box, which is the first version, and then the mm-hmm. window pane box, and then the Kresge cards, and the U.S. cards, and the yellow cards, and red cards. I mean, I mean, for for figure who I guess supposedly didn't sell all that well, they certainly kept cranking them out. Well, and I, you know, I don't know. I, uh, you say peg warmer. I never saw him on the peg much, so <laughs> I don't think you know. I don't think he set the world on fire. But you're right. Any expanded line up until I guess around 19, 1979, 80, they started to kind of get really core. You know what I mean? Right, like right. Uh, they, you know, he was not part of the diecast line. He's not part of the twelve inch line, which that that one really bugs me. Sob. Sob. And um, <laughs> but you know he he yeah you're right he he got immediately after they you know he got in the world's greatest superheroes they they released the bend and flex line for like one year and of course he's he's in there as well because they they released every character they were making at that time into the bend and flex line we will we will get to bend and flex next in a yeah. moment but there's one thing I do want to mention and sure. the, on the, the the WGS WGHS line is the Franken card. Because oh, I, yeah. I had this one. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Franken card is Aquaman on a card for Superman. And they just took the Superman logo and pasted a yellow sticker over the Superman logo. So there's no character logo at all, although you can still see through it. That's a Superman. And Aquaman has Batman's gloves. Yeah. Uh, I saw this for sale at a toy store down in my beloved Ocean City, and I bought it immediately because I was so utterly charmed by Migo just slapping this thing together and shipping it out. <laughs> I, I don't actually think Migo did it. Um, oh, really? I, I think it may have been like a fa- the Lion Rock factory or one of the factories just getting rid of overstock. There was a lot of weird stuff coming out of those days. And... Um, one of the things I had in my collection that I wish I'd kept one, but at the time it just wasn't financially right, is I went to a toy show once and a friend of mine goes, I have an Aquaman doll. And he had a stack of these Mego Aquamans in mailer boxes. And I'm sure the mailer boxes didn't correspond number-wise. I'd, I'd let Ben Holcomb figure that out for me. But the Aquaman figures all shared, they all had terrible paint jobs on their eyes. They all had white paint on their faces. And uh, two of them had glow-in-the-dark hands under their gloves, like from the monsters. (laughs) And one of them had uh, yellow from, I think, Wizard of Oz scarecrow hands. So they were just a hodgepodge of stuff. (laughs) And I wish I'd kept them because they were just so weird and unique. But, yeah, he was kind of like they just kept shoving him out. (laughs) Like all, you know, it didn't matter if they were good parts or not. But Aquaman got out there, that's for sure. Now I'm picturing an Aquaman doll with like a Wonder Woman Cupid doll head on it or something like that. It's even more terrifying. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, one of the things we should also bring up is um, he's one of the few characters that got his own playset. That was, I was, I was, as we were sitting here recording, I was mulling about whether to go right into that or we should conclude with that. And let's yeah. let's, let's okay. get let's get right into it because this that sure. is that is a big deal that is a huge deal and this is one of the I had a lot of Migos growing up there are pictures of me uh, at Christmas time with me with my uh, my meat what's the the monster masher what was that thing with the mouth the mangler the oh. mangler I had the mangler there's me with the Joker mobile I mean there's lots of pictures but one toy I did not have and it breaks my heart retroactively. Because I never saw this on the shelf. Because if I had seen this on a shelf, I would have made my parents' lives miserable until they bought it for me. And that is the <laughs> that is the Aquaman versus Great White Shark playset, and it's a boxed toy of Aquaman coming with a plastic shark. 
Uh, and this thing is what? What is this thing worth? Like tens of thousands of dollars at this point? Well, you know, yeah, it, it's an expensive piece. I don't know if tens of thousands of dollars. Like some people put them on eBay for that. Okay. But it's an expensive piece. I will never own. And I want to tell you, I want to share a bit of heartbreak with you. It's probably <laughs> 1993 or 94, and I'm at a chiller theater, and. Um, I ran into a friend of mine, and he goes, hey, they've got a boxed Aquaman Great White Shark under this table here. <laughs> and I pick it up, and I go to the woman, how much is this? And she goes, I want 250 bucks. <gasps> and I'm like, ah, you know, like that's my whole budget. I mean, it's, it's, I'm a 23. And, and I put it down, and I go, okay, I'll think about it. And I swear to you, I walked 10 feet, <laughs> and I went, you know what, I'm going to buy that. And I turn around, and right behind me is Lenny Lee from Lee's Action Figure News, and he's mm. holding it. And he goes, "Some they only wanted two fifty for this." <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, I was just like, ah. Oh. Now, 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 what you're about to tell me is you later hit him in the parking lot with a crowbar, right, and took it. That's what you're. That's your no, I, I really liked him. I still do. <laughs> but I just, you know, it was just one of those things. Like this is going to haunt me. Yeah, oh, and it God. did. Oh. Now, I mean, this was this was produced, right? I mean, this is painfully obvious, but I'm going to say it. this was produced entirely because of Jaws, right? I mean, Absolutely, that's, that's what the idea was. Yeah, and the the weird thing is, and and we'll never know why this is, but in the 1978 Mego catalog, and I, I think it's more of a produced for Jaws too, but um, is the 1978 Mego catalog Aquaman is shown with. Uh, webbed fingers, right. like the man, right, right. the man from Atlantis. And I know, in talking to Vinny Baera of uh, you know who worked in Migo R and D, he was really hot to get the man from Atlantis. Um, <laughs> that sentence has never been uttered before. Well, but Kenner <laughs> had it, and um, so I don't know what that was, and I can never get an answer as to why they would give Aquaman webbed hands in the photo. And of course, it's famously. Um, one of our members of the museum, Roberto, actually owns that figure. I believe he owns the same figure. Right. There's a nice, uh, big, juicy close-up of the hand on, on the Migo Museum. Uh, yeah. Quite an amazing thing to see. I've held that piece mm-hmm. recently, too, and it's, wow. it's really neat. It's really neat. But what I, is, hmm? No, go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, oh, I was, just I was, one of the things I wanted to mention, and I think I figured – Chris, you would really be, you would really uh, chime in on this because you're a graphic designer. You know how to do this stuff. The right. packaging for the Great White Shark box is really beautiful. Like it's really it well is. done. I mean, it's there's there's like a, a what's what's the what's the a die cut for the waves, yeah. and then the background mm-hmm. is monotone, almost like a serpent, if I may say, <laughs> of of like an, yes. of an ocean background, and then the, there's like a piece of cardboard that sticks out like a flap. And Aquaman is stuck behind it like he's swimming with the shark. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a really nice toy. Well, Migo hired yeah. a lot of talented people for their graphics department. I've, I've interviewed a bunch of them. But, I mean, uh, the art directors were uh, at the, during that time were um, Marty Harrison, whose father was Saul Harrison of DC Comics. Wow. Um, uh, there was a woman by the name of Orit who is still uh, very active in design. And, of course, uh, you had people like um, Hal Schull, who would paint these beautiful card packaging. And I think Continuity Studios actually did the art for the Aquaman Great White Shark package. Wow. Mm. I didn't know that. So it's, yeah, Yeah, it's, it is gorgeous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. I mean, that it, it jumps out at you that it's, I mean, it. It's got its own unique look, which, you know, we've, I know Brian and I have lamented back and forth. Everything's so style guide heavy nowadays. Everything looks the same. Yeah. Uh, like every Star Wars Force Awakens toy packaging looks the same no matter who makes it. Uh, but, you know, this stands out amongst the, the Mego World's Greatest Superhero line because they were all somewhat different, but this has its own unique flavor. And like you said, Rob, the, just the, the little shelf that Aquaman's on. I mean, just the amount of time that it took to, to put him in there. I mean, he's not just twist tied in beside the shark. He's swimming above him, you know, Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the, sharp. The other thing that I find amazing about that toy is from what I can tell, it didn't go anywhere except clearance. 
Oh. And, you know, everyone I've talked to has said, oh, yeah, there was just end caps of those at Child oh, World. God. And it's the same It's the same thing with the Teen Titans. Oh, Everybody I've ever talked to who has a memory of seeing the Teen Titans goes, oh, yeah, they were like a buck. Oh, <laughs> just, oh, that, oh, I, I believe, I certainly never saw this thing because yeah. I just would have been like, Dad, I must own this. I mean, I had the, oh, yeah. I had the ideal shark game from Jaws, you know, I mean, yeah, so I was me big too. into it, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, did that become, because I played that game maybe twice, and then it just became an action figure. Right. <laughs> Yeah, right, because yeah. it's a big plastic <laughs> shark. Yeah, it's wonderful. You could stick yeah. an yeah. you could stick a Mego doll in there. That that's I did that all the my my uh, my Batman Mego got eaten by sharks a lot uh, yeah. growing up. Well, yeah, you're you're kind of you're you're an Aquaman fan. You're a Jaws nut, right? I do love I do love especially the first one. Yeah, I yeah. So this this favorite. rings every bell for you. This is everything I like. If they could fit yeah. James Bond into it, it would just be everything else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that breaks my heart. It's funny what you say about clearance because, and I told this story, maybe I've told it on the show. I don't think, maybe I didn't, but I wrote an article about it for back issue where I was in a, um, a toy store once and, uh, I was go, they had a clearance aisle and like, like all stores and they had an end cap of fantastic four. And it was, you know, I was a little kid, so, I mean, it seemed like it was 20 feet high. It was probably, like, you know, six feet. But when you're smaller, it looks seems bigger. And they had every member of the Fantastic Four, all four of them, for, like, 39 cents. <laughs> and I didn't buy them. I didn't buy them because back then, this was in, like, 1982, I was all, like, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Who wants a bunch of musty old Fantastic Four dolls? Ah! I could retire now if I had bought all those, you know? <laughs> You know what? That's that's the weird kid I was. I would have gone and bought them. Right. Because yeah. I love I was like nostalgic for being eight. Wow. You know? <laughs> well, I, I have a similar story with uh, Spider-Man because I was at a like I think it was Children's Palace in like I think it was 1986. I love that name. And there there was there was a there was a end cap full of Mego Spider-Man figures in 1986. I don't know how much they were, but instead of buying like an armful of Spider-Man figures, I just had to have the brand new Brave Star action <laughs> figure, <laughs> which was the only figure I bought from that line because I was right at the cusp of saying, okay, I'm getting too old to play with toys. Even though I quickly started collecting toys, but I'm like, I, I, like almost instantly, I regretted it. You know, I'm like, oh god, why did I buy those Spider Brave Star? These will never go out of style. That's right. He's here to stay, man. <laughs> oh, that's just... Brave Star. Like, I, that's, Brave Star was. I think I was in the tenth grade when that came out. So. Oh man. Oh yeah. yeah. So you know. So yeah, the Aquaman was great. My shark just sort of. Yeah, never to be seen again. But I mean, you know, Aquaman does get that that credit. I think it even says on the Mego Museum, "Take that, Shazam!" He didn't get a yeah. set. Aquaman. Yeah, I was. Least. Yeah, the, the the Green Arrow and Aquaman, they're both anomalies to me as to how they deserved vehicles, <laughs> given their given their place in the whole thing. But I, I'm happy they did. I mean, that's cooler than another Bat vehicle, or you know, it's it's a universe, and I think that's what I love about Mego. Yeah. Oh man, right. I had the arrow car too. That was great. Oh man. But uh, did you really? Yeah, I did. I had the arrow yeah. car. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was big on that stuff. So anyway, uh, that's for another episode. We'll do the Green Arrow show another episode because I could talk about that Green <laughs> Arrow. I could talk about that Mego Green Arrow doll all day and all night. I love that figure so much. Yeah, he's pretty special. Um. So and so yeah, as as Brian mentioned, uh, there was another line, the Bend and Flex, which yeah. were now those. I never saw these in toy stores. Were these just literally like rack toys? Like that's what they were for? Is is for Mego to be in that market a little? Yeah, I think what it is is that you, when you sign a license, you know, there's there's different iterations of that license, and they needed to kind of hit all the the, the the places they could. And of course, um, Bend and Flex was something Mego was really interested in doing for a, a very brief time. And uh, if you look at um, AHI, they also kind of copied Mego. They would do eight inch and then bendables. And yeah, it was a cheaper a cheaper figure line, I guess. And I don't know. I, I think they sold very well, but I don't think, cause I've been told they did, but I don't think Mego 
uh, chose to pursue it. And I, I often wonder if it's because, A, they thought it was cannibalizing the superhero sales or it just wasn't worth it. I, I have no idea, actually, why they stopped making them. I but did. I love them. I love the Tarzan one. With yeah. his loincloth. Oh, my God. It is such a – like, I mean, the, the Ben and Flex figures are pretty monstrous looking because, of course, they're, you know, they're they're not – you know, they look weird. But the Tarzan one is just so – I don't – there's something about it that's very striking to me. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the line. Um, it, um, it, it – one of the things I really love about it is that they look like little Kresge cards. Like they're they're almost the exact they're the same artwork everything right. they're just kind of smaller and I think they're kind of adorable personally like I love I love the simplicity of the line I I, I love the Tarzan he's he's also like the cheapest one to get but you know some of the other characters like the penguin is a wonderful kind of Bob Kane caricature of the <laughs> penguin Mister Mixelplake is actually short um I I. I have nothing to say bad about that line. <laughs> Did you have any of these, Chris? Well, there's an interesting story there. It doesn't involve Aquaman, but I, but I think I need to tell it because when I was in, I didn't know these existed as a kid, but when I was in uh, fourth grade, I think, so I've probably been around 1984 or something like that, some friends of mine came up to me at school and said, hey, Chris, you like Batman, so we found this in a creek uh, you want oh this? It was a Batman Bend and Flex figure. And I'm like, you found it in a creek? Like, yeah, it was just like washed up on the bank of this creek that runs by my house. And I, and I looked at this thing. It was like, you know, it was like a pop culture, you know, anthropology or something. No you know, I'm, I'm looking at it like, what what is this thing? You know? And I look <laughs> on the back and I see that it says Mego. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the same people that made my action figures you know and piecing the, and you're piecing I, the puzzle together i'm putting it together and i'm like what you know and it was years and years until i found out i found some book that had uh, that listed uh i think it was that greenberg's guide to superhero toys that we've talked about before brian they yeah. listed the the bend and flex figures it was a couple years from that I didn't picture and them, i'm like I'm sure no there was no pictures of them but it was this real, and I always thought the Bend and Flex Batman looked even more Adam West like than the than the uh, the action figure. So yeah. it was like this strange, weird Batman figure that came up out of a creek. That <laughs> is still got so it. trippy. <laughs> it, it's like uh, like the figure was sent down the river, like Moses. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same story. <laughs> to inspire you to collect. Yeah, wow, that's right. That's amazing. The other the other detail I love about the the bend and flex because there's not a lot to say about the Aquaman bend and flex. I mean, it's just pretty simple. It's just there he is, and it looks just like him. I I love I love that his shield is all kind of warped. It looks like it's melting. <laughs> You're like his shield can't melt. Oh, Captain yeah. America's his shield can't melt. It's yeah. made of adamantium. What is that? That's not right, or whatever it's made from. But yeah, that it looks very he strange. Was, he was so tough to find when I was trying to complete my set. He drove me crazy. Um, cap Aquaman's Aquaman loose is one of the easiest bend and flex to find. I'd love to know why, but I've run into that one like a dozen times. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's a really, you said it looks, I mean, Aquaman, I guess, you know, compared to a lot of some of the other characters, pretty easy to do. No Cape, no special detail on his costume, really. Although they did do the scales. They actually made the, they went to the effort of making the scales on his, his tunic, but you know, relatively pretty simple character. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the face being weird. Kind of like Batgirl has that weird kind of dead-eyed look. You know, Aquaman just looks pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, he looks. I, I had it for a while too. I don't. I think I. I don't know if I have it anymore. But yeah, it was. You know, part of that. Part of that line. So there he is with all the rest of the characters. Um, so then, of course, there's another line: the comic action heroes from 1976 where all of the main main characters are scrunched down in their little yeah. their little hunk, hunk, hunk down poses wonder woman looks like a cave woman and uh, uh, well no, she looks like alan alda <laughs> <laughs> i always thought it's got like a spot on hawkeye pierce with a wig <laughs> yeah like a, a lot of people give those flack but 
you gotta like they don't understand that that that's like the second three and three quarter action figure to hit the United States at that time. I think seventy five. I think 74 in Japan, they had Microman, but then 75 in the United States, Fisher-Price released The Adventure People. And it was really a great, you know, smaller figure. They could sell vehicles and play sets, and that's what Mego wanted to do. And so the comic action heroes, yeah, they're engineered a little strange, and of course they have that hilarious hand placement. But other than that, I mean, it is... I love... Like, I adore that line. I was six years old when it came out. So, you know, there's nothing I don't like about it, and especially because you get, again, a, a, an entire assortment of superheroes. You know, you, you get the entire Justice League, basically. Yeah, I mean, it said there's. I, I had Aquaman, I had Batman. I remember I used to pull the head off the Batman figure because you could just pluck yeah, the whole you, case and head off. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had I had a bunch of those. I I those, and again they were. They were under two dollars, so you could. They, I remember them being in drugstores. Wow! So you you could talk like I remember talking my mom into a penguin, and there's no way in hell I'd ever buy a penguin figure as a kid, <laughs> but it was there, <laughs> and I knew I could get it. So it was it was an impulse buy, and I, I you know I, I have nothing but love for that line, and of course they did the the beautiful. Um, they called it the Fortress of Solitude, but it's actually the Alex Toth designed Hall of Justice. Right, and the there's playset, yeah. never been a Hall of Justice playset that's better than that, to, for my money. Oh, the superpowers one! Come on now, that's <laughs> all molded plastic. Like, like I like that one too, but the, this one actually looks like the TV Hall of Justice, except for the they drew the Avengers on the on the wall. That's right. Yeah, Super Superman teamed up yeah. with the Avengers. Yes, it makes my head. And Aquaman appears to be drowning. Is, is is that on that one or is it? I can't now. I I can't remember. There's there's one. I think one playset where Aquaman needs help, and it's either the um, the the comic action heroes or the Hall of Justice that was for the eight inch figures. <laughs> Thanks, Migo. Yeah, you making kids think now. One of the things I, I think is interesting is uh, on the Mega Museum, it has uh, you guys have a scan of like the little booklet that came with the Comic Action Heroes playsets. Yeah, and it's got this great monochromatic uh, series of panels of all the characters. And and for for the record, the line is Batman, Robin, Joker, Aquaman, Green Goblin, Hulk, Spider Man, Captain America, Wonder Woman, Shazam slash Captain Marvel, Superman, and the Penguin. I would love to know who drew that Aquaman. That's that's a nice little drawing of his. I like. I can't. I don't recognize the artwork at all. It's not. It's not a style that I particularly recognize. Some of the other things are clearly stock poses that have been redrawn, but that Aquaman mm-hmm. looks like original or something. I mean, it's it's a really nice little drawing of Aquaman. Um, mm-hmm. It may be. I'm just trying to think of what that is. That might be from the British. Iteration of comic action. Oh, heroes, it says it right here. I'm sorry. Yeah, the little blue catalog that appears in carded UK comic action heroes figure has been a mystery to all of us at the Mega Museum for a year. Yeah, this is a Denny Fisher did this, um, and I'll tell you, there's a there's a Denny Fisher also did a comic action heroes board game, and it looks like the same uh, style of artwork used for that. And it's hilarious because uh, Shazam is heavily featured, but for some reason the artist, and maybe it's just because Captain Marvel is not well known over there or what, he messes up Captain Marvel completely. He's completely <laughs> off model. His <laughs> lightning bolt is tiny. The colors are wrong. And it's it's kind of funny because they were marketing a character to kids that they may not really know all that well. Um but yeah, I, I would assume that's the same. The same artist did this. Interesting, Chris. Did you have any of these growing up? I didn't have these. I, the next section we'll get to. That I had those, but okay. um, I, I do have quite a few of them now, and including Aquaman. So I, I have an eight-inch Aquaman and uh, the uh, the comic action Aquaman, and I I really do, and I really do like those figures. There's. I don't know. There's it's it's almost like um, with with them because they are kind of pre-posed. I've always kind of felt like they were the step in between uh, like an army man or the ideal Justice League or Mark's Marvel figurines and an actual action figure. They're like that that in between phase, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because because they're pre-posed and they're kind of squatty 
and uh, I don't know. There's just something more uh, figurine-like to them than than straight action figure, and I, and I kind of like that. Yeah, there's a real charm to that line. Like I'm totally biased, but I do, I do, I, I adore that line. I like the packaging. I like the whole concept of it. And you know, of course, it correlates right to childhood. So yeah, I love the Robin figure because he doesn't have any sleeves. Yeah, he's super mm-hmm. muscular, so he looks like a real bruiser. Like he looks like way more of a badass yeah. than Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they they continued that no sleeves into the pocket here. They never quite fixed that problem. <laughs> now and he was I mean, taller than Batman. Yeah, he's taller than Batman, right? I mean, is it is 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 the the, the sort of sloppy paint applications just because Migo, like you said, Brian, it, they were just new at, at working at such a scale? Yeah, it it if you look at um, some of the innovations in three and three quarter inch action figures, Migo was leading the charge. I mean, the average black hole Buck Rogers figure had more articulation, uh, beautiful sculpts. I mean, they were done by. Uh, Bill Lemon, and yeah, they they didn't do the face paint quite right, but some of those things, you know, Hasbro completely swiped for G.I. Joe Real American Hero, that whole O-ring construction of the figures. Um, So they were were really actually, they really were ahead of of the curve by the end of the 70s, but, you know, you don't get the hot license, then it's not as interesting, right? Were these... A hit? I mean, they they will get into it in a second. I mean, I would think if these were a huge hit, they wouldn't have changed them into the pocket heroes. Were these? Well, well, I think I think I think they were popular. I think they were. Uh, they ran from uh, seventy six. Was it seventy seventy six or seventy seven? Um, I think it's seventy six, seventy seven, and then in seventy eight, they just reduced the line to um, uh, just having the, um, the the car gift sets, and then. The '79, they brought the Pocket Heroes in, but there's there's this weird transition period where you can get a car like with Hulk and Spider Man, and it says Pocket Superheroes, but they're they're two comic action figures. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I will I will note one more thing, Rob, in the uh, the Fortress of Solitude slash Hall of Justice playset in the comic action line. I believe there is a Jim Apparel Aquaman swimming on the monitor there with uh, with a uh, uh, a narwhal or something or a, a swordfish. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's on the monitor screen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm looking right at it. Yeah. That's from a cover. That's from a, an adventure comics cover. That's from a, like adventure 441 or 442. Look at that. Oh, it's beautiful. Yep. Oh God. That's mm. so nice. Oh, good. Good on you, Migo for taking Jim Apero. That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, well then the, so the, the last other uh, line that I wanted to talk about is the pocket heroes, as we just mentioned. Now this is basically the same idea as the comic action, except they're, these guys are straight legged. The paint applications are a little better, not a ton, but it's virtually all the same characters, uh, except for, I don't think there's like a penguin or a joker, but we've got, it's Superman, Batman, I mean, it's basically the super friends, plus Spider-Man, Hulk, Captain America, Green Goblin, and, you know, said we've got Aquaman again, and then they actually did some figures for uh, the Superman movie as well. But, I mean, there's, again, there's Aquaman once again. I mean, he just he shows every single line. I, I, it makes me feel good that just to see so much of him in all these lines. Because, again, he's never going to be, I mean, he's never going to be Superman. He's never going to be Batman. But there he is, you know, in every single line of, of Mego in the 70s, there's, there's Aquaman. And I really like and, the and figure. I think it's a really I nice wanna... figure point out rob that yeah there's a couple of things i want to point out about this one shazam got the shaft <laughs> right in, in this <laughs> as, as opposed to aquaman so that, that i don't understand why but they 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 showed shazam penguin joker on the back of the red cards but when it came time to do the the second series of pocket heroes he was nowhere to be found hmm. um i'm you know, I still struggle as to how the line came out, but I think what happened was it started with the blue jean cards, and then it's... Oh, right, they which, were designed to make it actually look like a pocket on a kid's yeah. jeans, yeah. And then the, the, the first four figures are, of course, um, Batman, Robin, Spider-Man, and Superman, and they are very hastily converted pocket heroes, or comic action heroes. They just switched the torsos. So they, um, or sort of, they switched the legs to straight from the old bending, 
and that's all they did. And then they had a second wave, which are on the red cards, which again is Batman. Oh no, it's, sorry, the first four are Batman, Hulk, uh, Superman, and Spider-Man. Then there's the second wave of red cards that has um, Hulk, Robin, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and the three Jor-El, Lex Luthor, and Zod from the movie, right. which are terrible action figures. They're <laughs> really hastily done. The card art is god-awful. It's generic. It has this weird font. I'm not fond of them. I have the whole set, but I'm not fond of them. And <laughs> then The collector's malaise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then then they did a second wave, and they added Wonder Woman, um, Captain America, Green Goblin, and Aquaman. But these are not carried-over comic action heroes. They're completely resculpted. And they're the nicest figure in the comic figures in the comic action line. Um, everybody looks great, and uh, they're pretty tough to find. Actually, those white carded heroes. Huh. I'm always amazed yeah, that. Yeah, the... oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say I've I've coveted that Aquaman figure for some time. I don't have one, but he's pricey, even loose. I, I mean, used to have one him, in my he... aquarium. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> a long time ago. Nice. I did that with my superpowers, Aquaman, at one point. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just so natural. Yeah, I wonder how the paint sculpts as paint sculpts hold up when you put it in you know water like that for a really long well, time. Well, a, a lot of those figures is just molded plastic. They're okay. kind of popped together with molded plastic, okay. so it's not really you're not really looking at paint apps at all. Okay, all right. I am kind of amazed that like Green Goblin was part of these lines as much as he was because that head sculpt probably cost me go you know an extra half a cent to do because you had to do that big goofy thing on the back of his head what everybody else's heads are kind of the same and then you're i guess you're doing a little bit of sculpting here and there but green goblin is you know like if you're making a green goblin head you're making a green goblin head there's nothing you can do with it other than make green goblin toys well yeah i i I was told once that Doing the, the the molds, the steel molds for heads, rotational molds, it was, it was nominal. It was a couple hundred bucks. Um, so, you know, when you're spacing that out over an action figure that you'll probably make, you know, anywhere from ten to 50000 of, who cares? Um, the thing about Green Goblin is that he had unique boots that no one else had, and he had a unique baggie. That you know nobody else had. Oh, and, yeah, his man purse that he's got. Yeah, his his his, <laughs> yeah, his satchel, and those are. I was always amazed that Migo made not one but three different Green Goblins, but I guess they had the tooling for the satchel, for the small one at least, left over from the comic action heroes. So, hmm. and of course they made a whole playset about killing him. That's right. So. right yeah, it's good. <laughs> Crushing him to death. Now, uh, before we kind of wrap, because I mean that's that's pretty much everything. And then it was uh, as you you talked about that uh, you know Aquaman got shoved off, uh, thrown together in Frankenstein parts, and then he pretty much disappeared. And then because by the end of Migo, right, it was just they were down to because all these lines stopped before the main line, right? The, the all the twelve inch, the smaller ones. It was pretty much when Migo went out of business, they were still making the w, they were still these selling the WGSHH doll, the 8-inch dolls, right? That was Yeah, that was the 8-inch dolls, but I think there was a glut on the marketplace at that time. I mean, that 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 didn't that burned for a long time. I mean, there, you know, there, like you said, you were walking into stores in 1982 and seeing 39-cent yeah. French-carded Fantastic Four <laughs> that were from an unsold cell to France, believe it or not. those Everyone thinks those pin-pins are Canadian cards. Pin-pins are uh, a French company, and what happened was an executive or someone at Mego realized they had unsold merchandise on those cards and sold it to Toys R Us at a, a rock bottom price. Wow! And um, that same guy apparently started that company exclusive premiere in the 90s. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I don't remember that. Oh, they sold yes, like doll, dolls of Jackie Gleason and the Dukes of Hazard and that sort of stuff. Very Mego esque. Now, I mean, before we kind of sign off on this, is there anything, I mean, your answer, your answers are going to be obviously very different, but like, Chris, is there any Mego particular that you are, like, 
I don't know. I don't want to say if money was no object because that's easy to then that's that's such an easy question to answer. But like reasonably, let's say reasonably, there's an amount of money you could spend that Cindy would not punch you for spending. Is there a, <laughs> is is there amigo that you were like you just really want to get that you're just like I haven't gotten yet, and if I ever saw it and the price was right, you would pick it up. Uh, the Wayne Foundation uh, place oh, that wow. I've always w- wanted that. Uh, I know that's kind of pricey. Uh, understand there may be a. Uh, uh, reproduction uh, uh, forthcoming. I've I've heard rumors, you know, uh, from from Figures Toy Company. Uh, but and, and and if that's the case, and, then that'll probably satisfy me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I remember seeing that early on in a in an old comic, or, or, or maybe it was a contemporary comic ad that I actually had. But I remember seeing an ad for that uh, another Heroes World ad, and uh, you know it's Batman. Um, so. Yeah, that uh, that would be it. That would be my Mego Holy Grail. Every other one I've mostly thanks to Cindy over Christmas and birthdays I've I've managed to get. So I've had a hand in that. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 writes Brian often. Hey, can you help me find this? <laughs> yeah. Always good to have connections. Always good to have connections. Yes. Now I mean, so now Brian, I'm imagining at this point you've come across everything that you would possibly want in Amigo, right? And if you don't own it, it's because you just don't particularly want it. Is that the case? Yeah, the, there is a lot of that. Like, I don't have any interest in The Wizard of Oz or right. Chips or Deeks of Hazard or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, um, you know, there, there's certain there's certain things that I've brought home and my wife's gone, oh, you're kind of bored, aren't you? You know, <laughs> but I, I've honed it down to the things I like, but there are a couple things I'm still always looking for, and that would be there's a a few of the British Palatoy cards that I'd love to own. And uh, there's the, a, a Batman Super Softy in the box I don't have. And, you know, things like that. Um, but I have a really wait-and-see attitude these days. I'm not super passionate about anything. But I still love Mego and all that stuff. But I kind of just very much am enjoying what I have. And, and it's, it's not quite the, the same drive it was when I was in my 20s and 30s. Sure, that makes sense. I mean, once you've sort of seen all the things there is to say, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say, I, I and this is one of the reasons I wanted to do the show is this. I, you know, been going back and looking at some old photos as I want to do, and you know, I had a lot of great Christmases that were Mego centric. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I am squarely the Mego generation, and you know, I said I had the Mangler, I had the Joker Mobile. I remember distinctly uh, opening up the Santa leaving me the Batcave one year. I mean, and I played. With the, I played the hell out of that thing, uh, you know. And I mean, it's and there's a picture of me holding the Mangler, and I'm proud of it. Like I'm so like jazzed. I mean, it was, you know, I had the 12 inch Hulk. I mean, there was, it's just Mego was until Star Wars came along, and then I made room for both. You know, Mego was it, and they, I mean, they had everything that I wanted. They had all the characters. I had the Aquaman. I had every, I had Aquaman in every iteration that there was to get, and it was just, you know, it, they, it's, it's hard to probably convey to people nowadays who don't you know that collect toys and there's so many licenses that how much Mego dominated the proceedings in the 70s i mean it's just they oh yeah they were every everywhere character yeah i i'm always fascinated when i meet somebody my age who you know they see a Mego doll and they go i don't remember those wow and it's like did you were you amish because <laughs> you know even if you didn't have them you don't they weren't exposed to them somehow. You didn't have a cousin or go to a store, or, you know. but it does happen. Yeah, it it's it's in a few years ago. We had a, a guy working on our furnace, and uh, he came in, and it was it was a father son team, and the guy was a little bit older than us. I kind of knew him from school, but he came in, and you know, in our dining room, we got I got a case full of Vigos, and he's like. Oh my God, I haven't seen those in years. I had that. I had Superman and Batman. And I mean, he was going on and all this stuff. He said, I never saw that. I didn't know they made him. And, you know, but I mean, he had like the basic ones. It was great. You know, I was just like, oh, wow. I mean, it it, it just this big smile come on this guy's face. I don't, he probably hadn't thought of them in, you know, 30 years or more. And it just, you could just tell it just like ping, this little thing fired in his brain and his, Joy Center started, you know, secreting stuff, and you know, he just was happy. You know, it was, it was great. 
That's really that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's great. So, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, this is, as I said, it's, I've been wanting to do this show for like the last, I don't know, since we talked to Brian uh, two years ago or whatever it was. But uh, like I said, I love all those Aquaman Migos. It makes me kind of want to go try and collect them again, although I, my wallet won't allow me to do that. So uh, this, will, <laughs> this will have to do. So, uh, Chris, where can people find you on the Internet? Well, I am here on the Fire and Water Podcast Network, on the Supermates Podcast with my wife, Cindy, and on the Power Records Podcast with you, Rob, when we get around to doing those, and on the newly launched Nightcast Podcast with Ryan Daly. Awesome. And Brian, what about you? I don't have to show my browser history, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm often found at the Migo Museum on the, the, the boards, and as well, uh, I've got a website called PladStallions.com, and myself and Jason Lindsay uh, host a show called Pod Stallions that uh, we're supposed to put out a lot, but we don't. Uh, <laughs> we're hoping to rectify that over the Christmas holidays and put out a couple shows this month, so uh, drop us a line. Awesome. I love that show. That is such a fun show. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really, 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 really fun. We podcast. have a lot of fun doing it. It, it really is a joy. It is fun to listen to you guys talk because I think occasionally you kind of like discover things with each other on yeah. live on air. And, you know, yeah. you're like, did you have that thing? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't remember that. You know, oh, yeah. the Flash Gordon. Like you guys are like it's live to tape kind of yeah. what you're discovering, which is really very charming. Well, that's, you know, we we would go on these marathon phone sessions and then it was like, why don't we just tape these? And right. that's all it is. <laughs> Nixon said the same thing. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, well, again, we're Brian, just less racist. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yes. Hopefully. Uh, well, Brian, thank you so much for, for doing this, man. I really it's appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, man. On. All right, excellent. They said everybody, anybody who's interested in Migos, either if you love Migos or you're unfamiliar, go to the Migo Museum. There's so it, it is the, one of the great pieces of pop culture anthropology on the internet and it was and it was there early you know they were doing this in the 90s guys this site and it's yeah. it's just everything you want to know about migos you could just spend hours and hours and hours there it's just amazing, amazing i think site. i think we've i think like i didn't start the site the site was started by robin but um it's 20 years now wow 20 years if this was a kid it'd be going to college yeah that's <laughs> Unbelievable! Yeah, I, I remember. I remember working at Kinko's on the night shift and discovering. And we had, you know, we had downtime because it was the night shift. And you know, it's like three in the morning, and I'm bopping around this new thing called the internet. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, looking around, and then I'm like, oh look at this! There's this. Wow, there's a site devoted to Mego toys. Look at this! Yeah. And I would just spend a lot of time printing out pages and binding it together. It was, it was, it was amazing. So it's an amazing site, and we'll have the link to it in the show notes. So, again, thanks, thanks, guys, for coming on, Brian, Chris. I really appreciate it. I had a ton of fun. Uh, yeah. And uh, and and we wish everybody Merry Christmas. Again, you're listening to this. This is our Christmas show. So hopefully there are some Migos waiting for you under the tree this year. Uh, or if not, maybe there's money and you can buy yourself some Migos. So. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, of course, you can find the show over on our website, which is firewaterpodcast.com, and on Twitter, which is an, uh, at FW Podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, uh, fan the flame and ride the wave. Batman and Robin, the dynamic duo. Superman, the man of steel. Aquaman, the famous undersea crime fighter. Tarzan of the Apes. Shazam, now featured on network television. Captain America, fighting injustice the world over. Spider-Man, the weird wall climber. The super foes, the arch enemies of the superheroes. The super gals, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Batgirl, and Catwoman. The Green Arrow, crime fighter from the forest. Iron Man, power personified. The Falcon, that great black superhero. The Green Goblin, Spider-Man's strange enemy. The Lizard, half man, half beast. And that fantastic green giant superhero, the Hulk. And for 1976, the Fantastic Four, the torch, faster than the speed of light. The Thing. Ben Grimm, Man of Granite. Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Girl both have the powers of invisibility. 
Fantastic Four, fighting for truth and honor. Conan the Barbarian, with his sword of justice. Four, using his Viking power against evil. Only one man is tough enough to stop the evil outlaw Tex Tex. The Brave Star. Neutralizer and laser fire figures sold separately. You're a busted, Tex Tex. My laser fire backpack makes me unstoppable. You're history, Brave Star. Never. Think you're tough enough for my neutralizer cannon? Watch this. Ah, what happened? Laser fire. Neutralizer, laser fire, Brave Star, and Tex Tex. Each sold separately, batteries not included. You from Mattel.